Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, breaking barriers. A barrier, of course, is an obstacle that prevents movement or access. My guest for this episode, Aaron Ashley Simon, has been breaking significant barriers in esports and media for years as she changes attitudes and improves communication and understanding among people and communities. Erin, if you don't know her, is a life force. She is a multimedia personality, host, producer, consultant, generous sharer of information and motivation, and part owner of the new esports organization, Xset. Her love and passion for video games, sports, music, and content have helped to shape who she is today, pushing the culture forward, and yes, breaking barriers as a female in the industries. Her vast knowledge and creative mindset have led her to be tapped by well-known brands and organizations such as Puma, Turtle Beach, Bacardi, Bleacher Report, AT&T, General Motors, Nike, Columbia Records, Forbes, Evil Geniuses, Cloud9, Interscope, Venn, The Wall Street Journal, University of Kentucky, Revolt TV, and more. Leveraging her deep-rooted connections in the music, entertainment, and gaming industry, Erin looks to continue to build an intersection between gaming and culture, which I love discussing with you. So Erin, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really looking forward to diving into not only just the, the world of entertainment and gaming, but also just diving into, like you were saying, breaking barriers. That's what I really want to start with is because it is so much a part of what you do. And we'll explain mm-hmm. that as we go through this conversation. But I am curious, like when in your life did you say, this is something I'm passionate about? How old were you when you realized, wow, I just broke a barrier? Yeah, I think for me, I think the passion point of when it started, my my passion for gaming started when I was really, really young. I actually got into gaming because of my older brother. And it was during the time of uh, when Sega Genesis was out and Sonic the Hedgehog was a you know a new game and that you know that really sparked my interest and passion within the gaming space but then my passion and interest for like media and storytelling happened a little bit later in my life it didn't happen until a little bit in high school but it was firmly solidified when I was in college I had a blog when I was younger and was covering upcoming high school basketball players and telling their stories and also being able to tell like what colleges they were going to. And I started it for fun and it it really started to pick up to the point where people from Fox Sports and CBS Sports and ESPN were even looking at it. And from there, like that was a very, very simple experience in the sense of like, I didn't really know what like journalism was, but I really enjoyed telling stories and, and learning new things about people. And that's always been something that I've been interested in. And so that I would say sophomore year of college is when I really committed to diving into journalism and diving to media. And I actually switched universities and went to the University of Kentucky for their journalism program. Um, it was one that really stood out to me as well as playing soccer there. And so it's interesting. I, I always had a passion for both when I was younger, but I never I never thought about intersecting them. I never thought about having a broadcast career in gaming because it just didn't come across as like a viable opportunity for me. And so when I had the opportunity to do it, 
it just really made sense because it was something that, you know, there's two things that I really, really enjoyed and I was really, really passionate about. And when I had that stumbling in moment and I was like, wow, I really enjoy this. I really want to do this for a living. Because funny enough, I did not plan to do broadcasting. Like I was behind the scenes my entire career. I was not planning to be in front of the camera. It just so happens that, you know, the crossroads of these two passions plus my career as a whole led me to eventually having a career in front of the camera. I mean, did anybody say, no, that's not possible. You can't do this. Women oh, don't yeah. do this. Women of color don't do this. Oh, yeah. I had people tell me I didn't fit the mold, essentially. It's funny. Um, various different media platforms that I originally reached out to, for, first of all, they rejected me for a staff position. So one, they rejected me there. And then two, there were certain platforms that rejected me as on-camera talent because I didn't fit the mold. And it's so interesting because I was never, like, I've never been afraid of rejection. I've always looked at it as, in my career, I always looked at it as it's not a never, it's just a not now. And I think that my experience being uh, a soccer player and playing in a very competitive environment and then eventually playing D1 in the SEC, which is very competitive, I always looked at these things as challenges versus like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm like, I was like, no, I'm going to do this, like whether they like it or not. I've always had a mentality because it was always like, you know, playing in a top uh, soccer level, you're always having to deal with politics. You always have to deal with other people saying you're not good enough and all these different things. And my whole my whole philosophy is I I'm a firm believer of walking the walk more than talking the talk. So you could tell me that I can't do something, but I'm going to find a way to do it, whether you like it or not. And Maybe it's my stubbornness that <laughs> that has helped me in my career, uh, but I've I've heard no's like so many times. But it's just funny how if something's meant to be for you, it's gonna happen regardless if people don't want you to do it or not. And I've always had, you know, of course, minus the fact of like I there were certain structural things I had to learn, which you know, of course, you taught me when I was at Cheddar. And I had to learn these things. I, I had a very natural, comfortable personality where people always felt super comfortable with me, related with me. And that was just something I always had because I have to give props to my mom. My mom taught me to be very open-minded about everything, people, different cultures and things like that. So that's helped me to be very open-minded to people's stories and, and different situations and leading to a lot more of my curiosity. So there's a lot of skill sets that I naturally had. And there were certain things that I had to learn over time. But I was always kind of and I felt like I was always that diamond in the rough that just needed just some guidance and assistance. And, and then once I hit it and took off, you know, those no's started turning into a lot of yeses. And then sadly, I mean, this is kind of a sad thing to say, but also, once I got rep by CAA, everyone's tune changed differently because, you know, um, with CAA being one of the big three, people just treat you differently when they know you're repped by like CAA, UTA, or WME. I want to circle back to that. But the first thing I want to bring up attached to all this is in preparation for today, I stumbled on a fabulous article that just came out today in NME, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's actually, I even have the tab open on my computer and it says, the headline even is how esports broadcaster Aaron Ashley Simon managed to stand out from the crowd, which I love so much because 
I'm obsessed with, you know, why fit in when you could stand out. So I recommend everyone read this. We could put a link in the show notes, but I don't think I was even fully aware that you were a D1 soccer player. And one of the reasons why I bring this up is that tells me so much because one teamwork, but two unbelievable discipline and work ethic to get there. So mm-hmm. this is something that you bring to every single thing you do. And I'm like, oh, well, now I get this because I was <laughs> always impressed with that Thank part you. of you. So I, and I'm bringing that up for anyone who's listening because there's so much value in this. And so if, if you don't come to it naturally, it's something to understand that work ethic, discipline, all those mindset aspects and the stamina are so hugely important to this. And so now we talk about like, yes, yeah, so I get it how, you know, you work to get successful and applaud you. And I don't want to take anything away from that. But the other thing that's so exceptional is your generosity and how much of what you do. And for anyone that follows you on social media, which I'm recommending everyone this second, start following Aaron on Twitter and on Instagram is how incredibly generous you are. And so that's what, so you're breaking barriers in that you know way, because not only for yourself, but just this incredible sense of, you know, putting your hand behind you and inviting everybody to come along with you is incredible. And I promise I'll shut up in a second, but even as soon as the pandemic hit, you invited me to participate in the most extraordinary panel people to help anybody who's interested in esports to figure out like what you could do, how yeah. you could break through, how we could use this, you know, unbelievable, crazy time in history and, and turn it into some things like how to use this time productively. And I was like, so Aaron, where did that come from? Uh, I was, that's always been me. I've always been you know, and it's funny because uh, I think a lot more people are starting to learn a lot about me because what they see on camera is, you know, they like, for example, everyone thinks I'm an extrovert and I'm not. I'm actually introvert. And I'm someone who has always been very in touch with my emotions and very in touch with just so many, you know, people and, and struggles and obstacles because, you know, I've I've had my own struggles and obstacles and so has my family. You know, I've I've, I've had moments where I was broke. I had moments where my family, you know, my mom was a single mother at one point and my brother and I were with her and there were struggles during that point. So I know how it is to struggle in some shape or form. And so, you know, I had, when I was coming up, I had amazing mentors who saw the potential in me and really wanted to guide and support me. You know, I have uh, two mentors I've had since I was 17 years old. It's uh, Mike Hill. He used to do broadcasting work at Fox Sports and ESPN. And it was when I, it was when he was at ESPN that I reached out to him. It was during like the early stages of Facebook when you can actually like reach certain like notable people. Now you can't as much. So I reached out to him. And then uh, one of my other mentors, Josh Godhelf, he was a co-founder of a really big basketball magazine called Dime Magazine. And those two have been so instrumental in my career. You know, they were they were the two people who were the some of the first people in the industry or first people outside of my family who were like, Erin, you have what it takes. We believe in you and we'll help. You know, you have the the raw talent, but like we'll teach you the business, we'll help guide you. And I really give so much credit to them because they really helped me navigate in the space and really Whenever I felt like I, you know, things were not going the way it was supposed to, like they were always there to help uplift or just help. And, and and it took me a while to learn how to ask for help. I was always that person that never liked to ask for help. And it wasn't because I didn't want help. It was because I didn't want to be a burden to other people. And and I know how hard it is to ask for help. But when I asked for help, those were when 
those monumental moments happen. I mean, the part of the reason why I got, I was able to get in touch with like Cheddar Esports and Cheddar was because I asked a friend to introduce me to someone and I, and it was Brandon. And I asked Brandon, Hey, are you guys looking for a host? I'd love to submit my stuff. And I had to learn to be comfortable with like asking for help and being comfortable with putting myself, you know, forward. And I, and because I realized that different personalities struggle with different things and, you know, and a lot of broadcasters, funny enough, I'm sure as you know, like a lot of the broadcasters I know are introverts and that's something that they struggle with. So I thought of, okay, you know, I'm getting a lot of these private DM inquiries and, you know, I can't answer all of them because of, I'm so busy. I'm like, how can I help people, um, as many people as possible, um, without one tiring myself, uh, stressing myself out, setting appropriate boundaries, but having maximum in, uh, output. And so I started thinking of all these different opportunities like that stream where we have, where I was like, you know, I have a lot of friends. And I know a lot of people who are either on the on the behind the scenes production or in front of the camera who are really good. And this could be a great time for people to learn from them, but for all of us to learn from each other as well. And so that's when I really started to really push that forward because you never know. I mean, access to information is so important. I think if, for example, if 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 you didn't tell me, Barbara, some of the things I needed to do to fix my hosting and also to fix my reel, that reel helped me get signed to CAA. Like, and but there were certain things I didn't know how to put a proper reel together, right? So that is like, and I've realized that you know sometimes the smallest things and the smallest gestures can make the biggest impact, and. If I can take some of the knowledge, information, and the relationships that I have to give back with accessible information and knowledge, then it's going to help someone because the people who are like me, who are go-getters, they're going to take something from it and do it. So yeah, I've always been like that. I've always been a very caring person. I've always done like charity work since I was a kid. My mom has really taught me to to give back just because my family came from like the poor area of New York City and worked their way out. And but they're also a firm believer of like when you make it or when you go ahead, like you have to pave the way for others behind you and you have to open the doors for others behind you because someone did it for you and they did. So with that in mind, I've I've just always been like that. And also I'm a firm believer that more success comes when you help people mm -hmm. uh, versus being selfish and, and thinking that you could do on your own. No successful person became successful on their own, not one single person. And so with that in mind, I'm always thinking of like, how can I, as I'm growing, like how can I utilize what I have to help other people um, in some shape or form? So I don't know. It's hard to explain like where it came from because like it's just, it's just, I was just born to be very empathetic and compassionate. I've always been that way. And I think also that makes me like really good in the entertainment space because it, I'm really tapped into like my emotions. I know when I was younger, my, my parents used to, and my, my parents, and my older brother used to call me sensitive, but I don't think it's sensitive. I think it's just more so that I'm more aware of my own emotions and other people's feelings and things like that. I've always been like that since I was a kid. So we have empathy compassion, incredible work ethic, self-discipline, drive ambition. The other thing I find incredibly noteworthy about you is you're a visionary. How and when did you learn to dream such big dreams? I, my, my parents really instilled that in me. I think I'm very fortunate to have 
parents and family who never said like, oh, you can't do that. I would tell my parents, hey, I want to do this. I want to go for this. And they're like, great. Let's figure out where you need to start. And then you got to put in the work. But I'm never like, it, there was never anything that I may dream of that like my family would ever shoot down. Like I, I could like, I could have told my parents I want to be the president and they'll be like, all right, cool. What do we need to do? Right. It was just never anything like that. I think the one thing I had to learn, it was never about the big vision that I had to learn. I had to learn how to make actionable steps mm-hmm. and measures. I think that's the one thing I had to learn. Cause I think, you know, for me, I was always creative. I, I was always someone who can see 10 steps ahead. But when I was younger, I I would always try to rush those 10 steps instead of saying, let's start with one, let's start with two, and then build from there. Um, There are some times, like even now in my career, there are some times, like for example, um, me being signed to Puma, that was like a visionary thing for me where I told my agents, hey, I want to get signed to a sneaker athleisure company. I know I'm not big, but I know I have what it takes. So let's just go do it. You know, it wasn't anything like I never looked at it as like, oh, I don't have enough followers or this or that. I'm like, no, I have what it takes. Let's go get it. And they never said that it wasn't, wasn't possible. And so I, I think, you know, that drive plus that competitive nature really helps with pushing my, my visions. But I also had to learn how to take sometimes steps back to assess what steps do I need to make to get to it. Some things take, you know, some things may take 10 steps. Some may take only two. So I had to learn to be like that and to honestly like project manage my visions, like my my goals and dreams and really project manage it into like actionable measures. But it also helps me too because like I deal with anxiety. So when I'm able to break it down smaller, I don't get as overwhelmed than versus like having it be massive big picture all the time. So, but yeah, that was another thing too. I've, I just always was like thinking of like beyond what people think was possible part of my upbringing. But then also because like I was just, I think it was also my competitive drive. Like if anyone says, oh, it's impossible, you can't do it. I'm like, oh, really? Like I'm going to prove them wrong. Like <laughs> I just, that's just my mentality is like, oh, you say I can't do it? Or, oh, you see that's not possible? All right, I'm going to go do it. Like give me like a year or so <laughs> and then I'll go do it. Okay. I've just been witnessing it. I mean, we <laughs> met a couple of years ago at Cheddar and I was like, I'm just watching you build an empire. Thank I'm you. never surprised by anything. And I'm just like, it's going so fast. Wait, I want to ask really specifically. You said you said to your reps, I know I have what it takes to be a spokesperson for a sneaker athletic brand. What does it take? What were those things that you knew you had? I stood for something. Uh, it was my message. It was who I am. You know, it wasn't about social numbers because at the end of the day, like I also like the great thing too is uh in college I actually minored in business. My family works in business and tech. So I knew what will work. And so the fact that I stood for something and was a thought leader in this space, an incredible one that many look up to, I'm like, I'm I'm a perfect person. I'm someone that if Puma works with, they will also get a level of credibility because of me. It's not just one way. It's a two-way street. Plus, I saw, for example, that Puma was very big on like uh, giving back LGBTQ+, supporting women, gender uh, equality. And I was already, that was something I was already talking about in esports. And so it just made sense. And so the one thing I I, I 
I really learn is like how to sell myself. And then also CAA was, is really good at doing that too for me. And then it was never, anything that I do is like, it's never really about my numbers. You know, it's really about my skill sets, who I am and my message. And also the fact that like, I identified myself like right now, I am like a quote unquote, like micro influencer, but I'm also an influencer who influences other influencers. So like I have the relationships, like that's why at like Cheddar, I was able to book Snoop Dogg and a bunch of other peoples because I have a good network and that's always been my value point. And that's a selling point that I use too. So it really takes for anyone that's interested in working with a brand or interested in like, what does that visionary goal look like for them down the line? It's like, it starts with understanding who you are and your current situation. And it's not like me calling myself a micro-influencer. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. That's just where I am right now. But I'm aware of what I do well, and I'm aware of what I do better than other people. And so I emphasize the strengths. And as I'm emphasizing the strengths, I'm also actively working on my weaknesses per se, or things that I need to build up. So that's how I was able to like sell to Puma, send sell to a lot of these other brands, and really start just building within the space a lot more. And like, even now I'm getting contacted. Like I, it's crazy how like, just within the year or two, just how things have gone, because I went from Cheddar Esports to now like, we're, I'm getting hit up about hosting programs on like streaming platforms like Netflix and Hulu and all those other ones. And I would never have imagined that I would get to that point that quickly. But I think it's just Part of it is me believing myself. Part of it is me understanding who I am and what I'm great at. And then also like I put such emphasis on having a solid team, like having a solid team and one that actually believes in you. It changes everything. It sure does. And the other thing you mentioned with Puma and anybody is being in alignment with your values and you are very clear on who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in and being in alignment with your own values you're living proof. You're on such an amazing, glorious, accelerated <laughs> track. Uh, sitting here from my vantage point, it's just so incredible and inspiring and, and joy-making. Talk to me a little bit about Exet and what was that to launch and, and what does that mean and that part of, of your amazing story? So Exet was, uh, so Exet happened over a year ago and my friend Clinton Sparks, he hit me up because when I was at Cheddar, you know, I was able to really see and assess esports and gaming across the board because we covered all facets of it. And I was just like, wow, like there's some messed up parts about this industry that I want to fix. But like, I don't, you know, I'm trying to figure out how. And when 2020 happened um, with just COVID and then, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all these different protests and things, and it's, and also like the, the violence against um, Asians and Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the U.S., it really made me just realize that, like, it's great for me to, like, push my broadcasting career, but at the end of the day, like, that doesn't, like, it just, it's it, it doesn't matter. What matters is how do we help improve people's lives in the world because we're in such a turmoil time, and, and it really made me change my perspective, and it wasn't like, like I said, it wasn't like I wasn't helping others, but like, I think it really pushed me into, you know what, like at the end of the day, like my career is great, but what matters is like the legacy I want to leave. I, I, you know, I don't want to just be known for broadcasting. I want to be known for changing the status quo, changing people's lives and 
2020 was like, now you need to do it, Aaron. Like, just go and do it. Like, <laughs> the world's on fire already. So just go and do it. So I'm like, all right, cool. So when that happened, Clinton called me and he was like, hey, we're starting a new org. Because I used to talk to him and talk to a few others about like the things that I've seen behind the scenes with orgs I didn't like. And I also personally felt that there wasn't support for people of color and certain uh as it wasn't as diverse as you know the industry tried to claim and so he was like okay we're creating an org that really focuses on inclusivity diversity and like creating a toxic free environment and i was like oh that sounds great and it was something that i really wanted to to be a part of because all the executives like these are these are guys who changed culture like they really did they they built up phase clan um they also had karma loop which was so instrumental in streetwear fashion and so i knew for a fact that they've changed culture already it wasn't like i had to see so i really trusted their vision and when i joined i was like you know hey if i'm gonna join i want to be an owner i don't want to just be a staff person and they're like absolutely um and so then you know I had to make the hard decision. Uh, do I want to continue this? Do I want to do esports broadcasting? And then I, I think I realized I was like, I kind of don't really enjoy esports broadcasting. Well, the tr like what it is now, not cheddar. I I love cheddar. It was so fun, but like the broadcasting now with just the games and stuff, like I didn't really enjoy doing that. And it just for me, how the system is set up for esports broadcasting, it just it's not sustainable. And so I was like am I going to go do esports broadcasting where they don't really pay a whole lot and I'm chasing check to check or I can do this and actually have some foundation that if let's just say it took a while for broadcasting to come back up, I still have this opportunity. So I focus on that because I felt like there's a lot more that I can change in the industry with that versus just doing broadcasting and esports. And I think if anything, to be honest, I think me moving away from esports broadcasting helped to diversify my portfolio because they didn't view me as just esports. They viewed me as more than that. So ultimately it was a smart move, but it's it goes down to like the visionary, like how do I change the industry? How do I, how does Aaron Ashley Simon take over the world? And I've actually put it into tent poles. So like an org, education, my work and influence, and then ownership. So I have these kind of tent poles that I keep in my mind for any decisions I make. And now I'm at a point in my career where a lot of any time that anyone, any company wants me to work with them, I'm like, either you give me ownership, give me some stock. Or there needs to be something that's that's beneficial for for me because during my time before I realized like as I was like before I did all the broadcasts I realized like companies don't care about you some people do but companies overall don't care all they care about is their bottom line and I learned that I I learned to not be afraid to ask for these things because you know at the end of the day they're looking out for them so I gotta look out for me and and, and another thing is like with the org too I have it goes back to like my network my relationships i'm able to put that into the org i'm able to take these things from when i worked in sports when i worked in music when i worked in gaming and bring it to this org in a manner in a way that like some others couldn't like not everyone could call someone from xbox or microsoft and be like hey i want you to sponsor this org like can we set up a call like i've realized the power that i have and i felt like i could really change some of these talents life but then also really set the standard of how an org should be in the industry and how 
being diverse and being competitive shouldn't be one or the other. Like you could do both, which we're proving that you can do both. So that's how like I got at XN. And then ever since then, I've just been like balancing my career and all the balancing working that. It's sometimes it's a lot, but like I said, I have a good team who helps me really balance it out a whole lot. What's the best advice you ever got? Uh, the best advice that I ever gotten, which is going to be really interesting, is it's okay to say no more than yes. And the part of that, part of that was more so like, you, as you grow, more people are going to ask you for things, and you can't feel bad to say no. Um, and you don't need to explain yourself. Like if you want to take off for the holiday and someone wants you to do something, you're just like, I can't do it right now. Obviously, I'm not going to say no very disrespectfully, but they're just like, you have to set boundaries. And actually, the bigger you get, the more boundaries you have to to set because or else people are going to take all the energy and suck all the energy out of you. And then you're not going to be able to do your job well. And then that's going to hurt you. So you have to be more comfortable with saying no a whole lot. Doesn't mean that you won't do it later. Doesn't mean that you won't help that person. But they're like, you can't help yourself and you can't help others if you're not setting that boundaries. So that was probably the best advice I got. Because like I said, I always wanted to help people, but I realized how draining it is. And I, I had to learn how to be comfortable with saying no or canceling things or rescheduling to ensure that like my well-being was fine. And I realized over time, as I started to do a lot more, I'm like, wow, the more that I take care of myself, the better I am on camera and the more energy I have towards helping people. So that was probably one of the most important advice I've ever gotten. Mm, I love that. And you do, again, provide so much information and access through your social channels generously. So I was going to say, you know, what's on the big vision plan? And it's funny because, you know, somebody, most mortals, I would say would be the five or 10 year plan, but the yeah. right you're going, it could be like the six month plan. <laughs> but what, you know, what is the big vision? What's the next step? One of my big steps, which it's funny, how I'm planning my venture and how I'm planning my journey. I look at the likes of people like Lala and Ryan Seacrest and how they've navigated their careers to uh, not just hosting, but also owning production companies, executive producing, like nonprofits, like that is where I want to go. Like I'm doing so much in front of the camera so that I could do a lot behind the scenes when I'm older. Because I don't want like, first of all, I'm not going to be doing broadcasting and gaming personally for me i haven't there's no shade to anyone who does this but i don't want to be 40 years old and doing broadcasting and gaming i just don't and so i'm planning and but it doesn't mean i'm not going to be in the industry and let me clarify i am going to be in the industry but just not in that broadcasting side of things and for me i'm i'm trying to build an empire the same way that ryan seacrest has the same way that people like oprah has have uh those notable broadcasters who have taken taken their careers and build it into their own empires and their own companies and stuff like that's what I'm trying to do and I actually told CIA I want to do that and how we're assessing it is um each year we're evaluating where's Erin where she need to go what's the next phase there was Erin 1.0 which was when I was at Cheddar Erin 2.0 was 2020 2021 and now for 2022 it's Erin 3.0 so one of the goals that we're looking at is okay getting me into uh, bigger broadcasts, getting me into bigger rooms. Um, they've also, CA has had me starting to audition for like 
like shows and films and series um, that they come across that they feel like fits for me. And so 3.0 is is really like, okay, Erin has the foundation. She has the cre- credibility, but now it's about maximizing her reach and getting her onto bigger platforms and to bigger rooms and to uh, working with bigger productions. So we we really assess by like, those goals as well as like mine. So like, see, like my agent is like, okay, this was our plan for this. For 2022, this is where I see our roadmap being. And then I'll say, okay, if that's our roadmap, this is what I want. This is also what I want. This is what I want to get done. And then we kind of assess, okay, what's it going to take to get to that point? What do I have to do on my own? What is, what's the responsibility of the agent? What's this, what's my manager's responsibility? So my team and I, we really, we, we really map it all out. And it may have to adjust and change from there, but we really map everything out and they know where I want to go. And that's why I was saying like a lot of companies that I work with now, I'm always asking for stock. I'm always asking because I'm trying to create these residual income plus on top of the broadcasting because the money I make from that, I eventually, you know, like I said, I want to have my own production company uh, so I can be able to tell the stories I want to tell. The, the phase now in 2022 is I'm actually, I work with production companies now, like I had production companies come to me and like notable ones that are just like, hey, we want to create a gaming show. Or if you have an idea for a show, let us know. So not only do I have executive, you know, producer, producer credit, but I also have host out could be a host for it too. So that's been kind of the dynamic and relationship that we've been establishing for Aaron 3.0. So then I'm also learning a lot behind the scenes about how production companies run a lot more. And then with that, you know, eventually I'm gonna I'm, I want to to make enough money where I can have my own. So I'm I'm always thinking about creating additional revenue streams while I'm building my career. And sometimes those revenue streams are building my um, exposure, or those exposure points help me with coming across the right companies and coming across the right people, so that I can increase my my uh, revenue stream. So we we're very like. As you can tell, I'm very like not only my creative, but I'm very business minded, and I'm always breaking it down to like tangible things. But with the goal of getting to that point, we all know like Aaron being like the the next or well one of a kind, but being the same lane as like a Ryan Seacrest and all of them, like how they've taken their hosting careers and taking it to next level. Like that's what I want to do. Oh, and you're doing it. It's not <laughs> I want to. It's it's happening. And I, again, am so privileged to watch it happen and to get to know you. Thank you. Thank you so much for just spending this time with me and for the audience, because I say this in many episodes, but here's a perfect example of why I love podcasting, because you can stop, rewind, and listen again, because you just delivered a masterclass, Erin. Oh, and again, <laughs> living live your truth so generously explaining how to do it, how to get it done. So thank you. I wish you beyond everything great. And I want to say thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. I so appreciate your being here. And as always, please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. 